Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. I'm Sam Bowler, and I'll be your co-host along with my wife, Natalie. Natalie is a licensed professional counselor in Nashville, Tennessee. She works primarily with survivors of complex trauma and specializes in dissociative disorders. The Resilient Mind is a platform for us and our guests to play our part in the bigger conversation around mental health. Specifically, we would like to raise awareness and understanding of complex trauma and dissociative disorders. So, whether you're a survivor yourself or you just stumbled upon this podcast, welcome to the conversation. We're glad you're here. All right, so this episode is called You Are Not Alone. Natalie, what do you say to people who feel like they're the only ones who have experienced what they've experienced or been through what they've been through? I think that feeling of being all alone or being the only one is really common for trauma survivors. Part of that, I believe, comes from shame. We hear we can hear these negative messages in our head about um, being bad or dirty or um, being the worst one. And so I think what I really want everybody to know who might feel this way is that you are not alone. There are a lot of people that have experienced similar things. I think, of course, everybody's experience is unique to them, but there are also other people out there that have experienced similar things and would understand. Understand what? Just understand what it's like to struggle with flashbacks, body memories, um, avoidance symptoms, wishing that it would all just go away. Just understanding what it's like to be a trauma survivor. And I think sometimes people feel like, well, my trauma isn't that bad. And so then they don't want to talk about it, don't feel like they are worthy or deserving of help. And then I think other people think, I have it worse than everybody else. Nobody has been through what I've been through. And I think that absolutely is part of what shame tells a person, that you're the only one, no one will understand, nobody will get it, so... Just keep it inside. And that's not a healthy or valuable way to to look at things. I just think it's really hard to feel seen and known and understood when everything is kept inside. And I just think that can be really dangerous. Um, Of course, I think it's always somebody's choice whether they want to share or when they want to share or with whom they want to share. But the actual like sharing process and the, the being able to at some point get to a place with somebody that you can share is important. Yeah. Even if it's only with one person, whether that's a friend, a therapist, a family member, 
just a supportive person in your life. I just don't think anybody should have to suffer alone. Um, I think one of the things that's challenging when trying to, you know, maybe you want to open up, but it's you're scared to. One of the things that's challenging is people in your life can respond in a way that's not helpful and actually hurts you. Um, what advice do you have for somebody who is trying to support someone who's been through trauma? I think what you're talking about is also very common where somebody does open up to somebody or maybe multiple people and they end up hearing a lot of things that may be invalidating or trying to fix things or trying to rescue them out of what they're feeling when I think sometimes what people really need is for someone to just sit with them and say, how can I be here for you? How can I help? And just being a person that will really listen. I think it's just really common in our culture that we want to say, oh, it will get better. Um, everything will be fine. You're okay. It's not as bad as you think it is. Or everybody goes through hard things. And some of these blanket statements that people use um, really aren't helpful. And sometimes I think using less words can be helpful. Um, I, I can hear people say sometimes, I really just don't know what to say when somebody tells me about pain they're experiencing. And really, I don't think there is a right answer of how to respond. I think everybody has unique needs and needs a different response. But to just be willing to be present with a person and sit with them and what they're feeling is incredibly helpful. Right. So you're not necessarily asking for someone to fix your problems when you share. You're asking for them to share in the experience of I'm in pain. Um or just to be there because you need someone to be with you. Is that is that what you're saying? Yes, that's definitely what I'm saying. And I think it's even common. I'm thinking about um, just like sexual assault in adulthood where people will say things like, oh, well, you are drinking and maybe you shouldn't have been. Or, oh, maybe you shouldn't have been in that place at that time and it really just doesn't help a person to say those sort of things essentially that's dismissive it's dismissive and victim blaming in a lot of ways do you think there's a way or do you think it's even worthwhile for someone who has experienced trauma who is trying to feel less alone to try to teach people in their lives or to communicate how they need help or or what is helpful to them? I think it really depends on how much effort a survivor wants to put in get put into getting the support that they need. I don't think anybody should need to tell somebody, "Hey, that's that's not really helpful for you to blame me for the trauma that I experienced." But um, there are some people who really do want to be supportive and really do want to help, but they just don't know how. Um, and so I think somebody who is trying to understand might be worth having a conversation with and telling them, these are the things that I find helpful. These are the things that I do not find helpful. 
Okay. And I want, I want to ask you about building a support system and what that looks like, but for people who are still on the, like, I'm not even ready to build a support system side of things. Like, how do you, do you have advice or something you would give to them to like move toward being in that place? Because I think people have been hurt a lot over and over again and don't feel like they can trust people aren't even necessarily going to be wanting to start going down the road of building a support system because it feels so big and impossible. Like, how do you take that first step? Where would you, where would you go with that? I think something that I hear a lot is a desire to be known and understood, have a sense of connection and belonging, yet at the same time, people just feel very scary because when trauma is coming from other individuals, it just makes people feel scary. And so I think there's there's this feeling of conflict inside of wanting friends, wanting support, but that also feeling terrifying. And so I think I think that we do all need connection and belonging. And so it, although it feels scary, I think it's worth it to try and put yourself out there in very small ways just to start out and seeing how people respond is helpful. And I think it's okay to watch people and pay attention to them and see if what they say matches up with what they do. And part of that may be not saying, hey, this terrible thing happened to me or growing up was really hard for me because all these various things happened. I think sometimes it's just starting with, I had a really hard week and maybe talking some about that and seeing how a person responds before opening up and revealing deeply personal trauma. And so I think another way that you can start to get support if you just want to dip your toes into the water would be trying to join some kind of support group um, or therapy group, something where you know there are other people who have experienced similar things to you, but there's also a professional there or some sort of structure in place to make it a safe environment. So if someone maybe is ready to start doing that and start to try to open up the doors to um, to sharing and, and not being alone, besides you know looking for a group or those things that you just mentioned, what else can they do to build a community of support around them? I think a therapist is a person to start with as far as support. If you feel really afraid of connecting with other people just in a social setting. Beyond that, um, I think find an interest that you have and maybe put yourself in a place where you would meet other people with similar interests. So that community, even though it might not be centered around sharing trauma and being vulnerable in that way, is going to be being a part of something with other people. That That's valuable. Yes, because I think I think that we just can't do life alone and we need other people. Talk more about about group therapy and what that can look like and how it can be beneficial to people. Well, I think group therapy is especially beneficial to people have who have this feeling of I'm all alone in my experience 
because it provides a supportive environment where there is a professional guiding the process. There's a professional that's maintaining the safety of the group. And it's a place where you can connect with others that are going to understand. And so... I think there are several different kinds of groups. There are just um, skills-based groups that are more psychoeducational, which just means people who maybe are struggling with similar things to you that are also struggling with emotion dysregulation and those sort of things, or maybe like boundaries or um, how to be effective with other people. And so if you have others around you who are learning those skills as well, you're able to connect in the sense that you're not the only one who needs help with those things. And then also talking about how to practice those skills can be really beneficial. Um, There are also support groups. So I work a lot with complex trauma and dissociative disorders. And so I have a group that I do that the first half which is about an hour long, we do expressive arts of some kind. And then the second half, which is another hour, is more support group format. And so it's very common for people to feel like they're all alone in their experience. And it provides an environment where people are able to say, oh, me too. And is that in many ways, I mean, obviously healing is a goal, but is in many ways is recognizing that you're not alone and learning how to not always feel alone a big goal of this kind of work well I think with groups sometimes you have people who are further along in therapy than you individually or maybe they're further behind than you and so I think having people at different levels gives different perspectives on the process. And so, for example, with complex trauma and dissociative disorders, treatment usually lasts um, for quite a few years. And so a common thing I hear is, am I going to be in therapy forever? I just wish this would go away. I don't want to deal with this. Feeling hopeless. Um, Really just feeling a lot of suffering. And then sometimes just being in denial Um, And so sometimes a group environment provides other people's perspectives or other people saying, hey, you know, I think being in denial is actually going to prolong the process. And so it's just partially hearing other people's perspectives, feeling like you have a place where you belong, where you're not the only one is incredibly helpful um, for trauma recovery. So you're able to see, uh, maybe see yourself in a more true way as well. Yes, I think so. And then I think, so I guess another type of group that um, I offer or that other therapists offer is um, process groups. And process groups are where you dive a little bit more deeply into trauma experiences Um, more intense feelings and just getting to a place where you're in a group setting processing what has happened to you. And I think that's a great supplement once you're in the right place in your recovery. So your healing can become something that isn't just something inside you, but it's, it's visible to people too. So sometimes 
I work with people both individually and in a group setting. And something that I have seen is that people sometimes are able to go to a deeper level in a group setting. And I'm sure that's true um, as well, that people go deeper individually than in group. But it just offers a really different experience where your peers are more of your support than just your therapist. And so sometimes I will say in a process group, um, I'll see somebody kind of going into a shame place and I'll have them look up and I'll say, can you look at all the people around you, all these people here who are here to support you in this moment? And I think it's just that feeling of there is this group to support me and be here for me that allows people to go to a little bit of a different place. That makes sense. And just to, just to validate too, I think it's incredibly frightening to join a group, whether it's a support group, whether it's um, a psychoed group, whether it's a process group. Um, because like I was saying earlier, I think a lot of times when you have been hurt by people, people are then also very scary. And so stepping into a group process can be even more scary than going into an individual therapy process. Um, because you don't know the people, you don't know what it's going to be like. Um, it might be something that you haven't done before. And it is a little bit overwhelming, but I have consistently across the board had people say group therapy has been one of the best things that I've done. And sometimes it's, I even like it better than individual therapy. And so to kind of tie all of this together, I want to go back to the original topic of feeling all alone in your experiences If you are feeling this way, I want you to know that you are not alone and there are people who want to join with you and support you and be there for you. You might not have met those people yet or that person yet, but I can promise that that is there somewhere out there in the world. It may just be a matter of finding that. And so whatever that may take for you to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and find the courage and strength to try something like individual therapy, to try something like group therapy, Or just joining something where there are people who have a similar interest to you. I think it is worth facing your fear to find that. Because when you find that you're not alone and that other people understand, I think it really helps with decreasing shame and isolation and will truly help with your recovery process because I really do believe that we cannot heal in isolation and we need at least one other, but oftentimes multiple other people to see us and understand us in order to heal and move from surviving to thriving.